At home and abroad, Jesus and his disciples encounter resistance as they seek to proclaim God's word and relieve affliction. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark in the sixth chapter. So Jesus went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Uh, I'm sure you all have heard, uh, oh, one of the slogans that they use about the Marines, the few, the, the Marines, the few, the proud, the Marines. Uh, in the Army, there was one called Army Throng. Yeah, so I mean, we're familiar with those, and we understand those. <clears throat> and on a weekend like this, when we celebrate, you know, the declaration that we wanted to be free, we also think about what it cost for us to be free and, and what it took and what that declaration actually got started and, and what happened after that. And we realized that even though we were kind of a ragtag army and stuff like that, you know, we, we knew the terrain, I guess. You know, we knew how to fight, and we knew how to win, and we won. And that was a price that was paid. And so we've had, you know, this idea that, you know, a strong military is a good thing, and, and you know, and so you have this force. But it's interesting when you think about how Jesus wanted to go after people and how he wanted to change the world and really impact the world. And he started right there in his own community, and what did he do? He sent them out two by two. <laughs> he didn't send out an army. He sent out <coughs> his disciples in pairs. And he didn't want them to go out in, in their own power or anything. He sent them out, and he said, don't take any food. Don't take any money. Don't take an extra shirt. Just take your staff, wear a pair of sandals, and that's it. And he wanted them to go out, you know, I mean, I'm sure they looked kind of, especially with only one tunic, 
whatever that looked like, but they probably looked like a ragtag pair going to each town or village when they got there. And there was certainly nothing that would have appealed to the community about these two men that would be showing up. But they were on a mission. And the mission was to go and call people to repentance, to, to tell them the kingdom of God is near, which was Jesus' message all the time. The kingdom of God is near. You need to repent. And that's what he wanted them to do. But they wouldn't look like much. They would have looked humble. They would have looked weak. But he gave them power. It said power over unclean spirits. They were able to cast out demons and to, and to heal people. <clears throat> so it wasn't about them, was it? It wasn't about their power. It wasn't about the way they looked. It wasn't about the resources that they had or any, because they didn't have any. They were totally dependent on the people they were ministering to. But the power was what Jesus gave them, what he wanted them to have. And so I'm thinking about the mission today in the 21st century. Well, the mission hasn't changed. What Christ has called us to do and sends us out to do has not changed. It's the same. It's to call people and our communities and the world to repentance. To let them know that the kingdom of God is what's important, not anything else and to call people to repentance. <clears throat> but it seems like, uh, for a lot of people, the methods have changed. Uh, now it seems that, that a lot of people think that bigger is better, that more money means better results, that it has something to do with power and image and personality, <coughs> excuse me, and all the kind of external trappings. And so you have these, these massive rallies, you know, with, with really a lot of good entertainment and all kinds of stuff, and that's how you reach the masses. Well, there's some truth to that because you can reach more people that way, but one of the things that I've always learned, that I've learned over the years, is that the least effective means of changing people's hearts is through preaching. Least effective. And the more people you're preaching to, the less effective you are. It's just the way it is. Doesn't mean people can't be touched doesn't mean God doesn't still work, <clears throat> but it's in the one-on-one -on -one where people's hearts can be changed, because then you can deal, and I'm talking about me, I'm talking about all of you or anybody, you can deal specifically with where a person's at, and you can't do that in a sermon, and you can't do that in a big rally. But somehow we've got the idea that if we just reach these people, that it's going to change all their lives. Billy Graham was the one that really had it right when he did his big revivals and the big rallies and all the big crowds that he drew. And all these people would come forward. The very first thing they did when they came forward is to find out where they lived. And then 
they connected them with a church that was willing to talk to them. They made sure that they got to a place where they could have some one-on-one because he recognized that what he was doing was only scratching the surface and wasn't really what changed people's hearts. So the mission that Christ has given us is the same, <clears throat> but today there are more and more people that think that you've got to do it big and you've got to do it flashy and extravagant. But when you do that, sometimes people can start to think, well, it's about me or it's about my ministry, or it's about our organization, or about our program. And the temptation is it's easy to forget that the power is really with Christ. And so it's not about being proud. It's not about being strong. It's not about being a big, powerful army or anything like that. And so then I think about Paul's example. I want to read just the last, uh, last little bit of that lesson that we read about Paul, what he said. <clears throat> he said, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul was one of these people that before he became a Christian, he had it all together. He had dual citizenship, so he was a religious leader. <clears throat> Among the Jews, he had Roman citizenship, so he had the privileges of the Roman Empire. He, I mean, he had everything. And he probably even used his own resources in, in the early days to go after the Christians. But then Christ turned him, turned him around and made him an itinerant missionary, dependent in part on the people that he served for his livelihood and for putting him up. He changed, and he wasn't this powerful, strong, influential person anymore. He was somebody in the eyes of the world who was weak and misguided. But he realized that it's not about me. He said, it's not about me, it's about Christ. It's not about what I can do or my strength or my power. It's about what Christ has done in me. And so God used him in really powerful ways because it was his power that was on him. And so Paul said, you know, I'm glad about that. I would rather have Christ's power on me than to try and do it all myself. So you and I have a God-given mission. It's the same mission that it's always been. You and I have a mission to reach people, to reach them with the truth of God's word, to call people to repentance if that's what they need, to tell them that Christ is there for them. And in our own way and in whatever way we can tell the story, let them know that Christ loves them.
That's the mission he gives us. And he has accepted us just the way we are, with our weaknesses, our frailties, with our foibles. He takes us just that way, and he makes us a part of his family, makes us his children, and he shows us how we can be his servants. That's what he's done for you. He's said, I want you to be mine. I want you to be a part of what I'm doing in the world. And he could care less about the trappings of your life. He doesn't care how influential you are. He doesn't care how much power you have. He doesn't care about your social status, your economic status, the kind of car you drive. He doesn't care about your race or ethnicity or gender. He doesn't care about any of that. He takes you just the way you are, but he wants you to rely on him. God can't work around a person's pride. He can't do it. It blocks him out. He needs somebody who's willing to be humble in his presence and to recognize their own inadequacy adequacy and their need for Christ's power, for Christ's strength. He wants us to have that attitude that Paul had and say, I can't do this on my own and I need Christ to be the one that leads me. And so here we are as God's people in this place. We are the few. Well, today for sure. <laughs> we are the few and as the body of Christ in the world, we are becoming the fewer in this world and we are the humble the ones who put ourselves at God's feet and say I'm here for you to use whatever way you see fit and in the world's eyes for sure we are the weak because the world sees any kind of dependence as weakness and we are dependent on God. We are dependent on his power. But when we can be that way, then Christ, who was the one that came, sacrificed himself, the one that shed his blood, the one that went to the cross and went to the grave and then showed where the real power was, the one who's more powerful than death, that Christ then is the one that makes us strong. Because when we get out of the way, he's the one that's working through us. And he's the one that gets the glory.